Hello, 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 how are you? I'm alright. Um, it's been, well it's been a really nice day, it's been a pottery day really. I don't mean I've been making pottery, I mean I've been pottering around. Um, I'm just checking no spiders, no spiders. Um, and yeah, um, I'm just, I've got a spoon that has fluff on it. Now, do you know what I mean? It's got a kind of marshmallowy type of thing. So I'm just getting rid of that. Don't eat fluff. Um, yes, and just got out the jacuzzi. That was very nice. And a fox came up. We were all very still. Just me and the boys. All very still. And a fox came to try and steal one of my flip-flops so yeah not overly enthused about that um yeah so um yeah but other than that it wasn't blazing hot was it but it was okay it wasn't bad it was not bad okay so after the ugh-ina stuff yesterday we're going to carry on with Sonnet 129. Ow. Just move the chair. Okay. And it doesn't stop, guys. You know, the uchiness doesn't stop. But we'll we'll wade through. We'll carry on. The expense of spirit is a waste of shame. Is lust in action until action lust is perjured murderous bloody full of blame savage extreme rude cruel not to trust enjoyed no sooner but despised straight past reason hunted and no sooner had past reason hated as a swallowed bait on purpose laid to make the taker mad Mad in pursuit and in possession so had. Having an inquest to have extreme. A bliss in proof and proved a very woe. Before a joy proposed behind a dream. All this the world well knows and yet none knows well to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell okay <laughs> so none okay this is basically talking about how men only want one thing that they are men are lustful creatures um, and can only think about one thing and they are just they will just chase after one thing their minds are full of one thing and then after they've had this 
thing and caught whoever they've been pursuing, then they feel disgusted with themselves and with whoever they've caught. Um, until they find somebody else that they want to chase and so that they lust after that person. Okay. So, let's have a look through with what everything is what everything says. The expense of spirit in a waste of shame is lust of is lust in action and till action lust is perjured murderous bloody full of blame savage extreme rude cruel not to trust let's go there okay so um sex is a way of squandering wasting vital energy while um, resulting in shame. In anticipation of this sex, lust makes people behave murderously, violently, blameworthy, savagely, extreme, rude, cruel, and untrustworthy. Enjoyed no sooner, but despised straight, past reason hunted, and no sooner had past reason hated, as a swallowed bait on purpose laid to make the taker mad. They go to um, oh, so no sooner do the people enjoy it than they immediately despise it. They go to observed lengths um, uh, they go to observe lengths in its pursuit only to hate it out of all proportions once they've had it, insisting that it was put in their path on purpose to make them crazy. Mad in pursuit and in position so, having, sorry, had, having an inquest to have extreme. Um, they're extreme when they're pursuing it, extreme where they're having it, and extreme once they've had it, a bliss in proof and proved a very woe. Before a joy proposed behind a dream. It's blissful while you're doing it and once you're and once you're done, a true sorrow. Um, while you're anticipating it, it seems like a joy, afterward like a bad dream. 
all the world well knows yet none knows well to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell the world knows all this very well yet no one knows enough to avoid the heavenly experience that leads us to this um, problem um, and to this um, uh, to this uh, experience which is going to take us to hell so Actually, this shameful experience which is going to take us to hell. Um, so what can we say about this then? So, like we said, this just talks about how men only want one thing, spend all the time pursuing this thing. He describes this as lust in action. He just, he sees lust as an angry and a savage emotion. It is cruel and unworthy. So that certainly tells us how his, you know, we write what we know. So I always say that, don't we? That I so that tells us how it makes him feel, certainly. Um, he says that men throughout history have known that lust will leave them away from heaven and into hell, but they still engage in acts that will lead them to their shame. Now, there is nothing like this in the fair youth's sonnets nothing and here we are and there were quite a few of those weren't there and here we are we are in sonnet number two and we have had a really weird sonnet which wasn't like shakespeare at all and then we've got this whole angst, teenage angst about lust and about sex and about how it's going to take him to um, hell and damnation. So, why is it? What what is going on? Is he having some sort of panic attack? Is he having some sort of crisis of confidence especially after the yucky sonnet yesterday he didn't seem to have anything like this in any of the sonnets before with the, with the young man there seems to be a real difference between the the relationship that he had with the man and the relationship that he had with he he is having with the woman now is it because is 
is it because the relationship that you would he would be having with a man has got to be seen to be more noble where as with the with the woman that's going to be seen as much more basic and just about lust you know he went straight you know there was no about your mind I mean yes okay he was talking about how beautiful he was and just about his looks but you know he was also talking about his emotions and stuff things there um, and and his heart and everything wasn't he there doesn't seem to be anything here he went he just went for pure innuendo yesterday and here he is talking about exactly that he's talking about the fact that he is he's talking about the fact that you just get caught up in this pursuit in this chase for this end result which will then eventually lead you to hell. But, you know, this conversation never, ever happened with a fair youth. Now, why is that? Now, maybe he didn't have that, this kind of relationship with the fair youth. That's entirely possible. Isn't it? It's entirely possible. Or maybe he views the two sexes in, in completely different ways. We'll kind of never know. I don't think we'll ever know. Or, you know, maybe he, he looks at the two sexes in, in different ways. So, you know, the women are less cerebral, are less... Mm, academic and therefore he doesn't have to engage with them in an academic way because he's certainly approaching her in a different way isn't he you know it's it's that kind of thing about what do you want to hear I don't know. But it is peculiar. But this is... This is somebody... This sonnet says more about how he feels and about his... the problems that he's having with his own soul and about the problems that he's feeling about... Um... how he sees relationships than anything else, doesn't it? But it's, the question to ask is why has it come up in Sonnet 129 and not before? So, I don't know, I'm just a drama teacher. 
so there we go I just think it you know I just I just think it's interesting we'll see where it goes tomorrow and see if he's calmed down at all but he does seem to be having a major sort of panic and soul you know crisis of conviction you know of um this is only going to go one way because I'm going to be involved in the chase and then once we've done it I'm not going to be interested anymore and then I'm going to go to hell (laughs) you know and that was you know hell um, hell was quite a horrible place in the Tudor times they were quite convincing um, the um, religion was very, very um, was much more uh, not relevant because you know for lots of people in today's society, religion is very, very relevant. But um, the interpretation of what hell. Um, is like was much more intricate there was much more description of hell and damnation and what would happen to you if you went to hell than you would get if you went down to the church today of a Sunday you don't really get a um, description of a if you go to hell you're going you're going to have you know this that and that the other happen to you whereas if you went to the church on a Sunday um, in um, in, in Elizabethan times, that would be what would happen. You know, you'd you'd be told what would regularly what would happen to you. So, okay, moving forward, we're going to look at um, somebody um, from Scotland. I was about to do my Scottish accent, but I stopped myself. I would like you just to be mildly impressed. Um, so. Niall Campbell is Scottish from South Ulst in the Western Isles, born in 1984. It's a relative baby. Um, His first book, Moontide, was the Saltire first book of the year in, oh, I don't know when that is. I, I could look it up. In, 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 in. 2014 there you go um he studied english lit at uni at the university of glasgow where he began writing poetry um he published a book called noctuary noctuary i think that's right published in 2019 um and we're going to be looking at a poem uh, called clapping which I rather gorgeously adore. 
actually. This is one of the ones that has become like one of my faves from um, something that, you know, out of all of the ones that I've discovered, didn't know this from beforehand, um, that I really quite like this and I, I would probably use this in one of my lessons. So learning all the time, everybody's a learner. Okay, um, yeah, so this is called Clapping Game, actually, by Niall Campbell. Um, and it has, I'm going to, I'm going to print this out so you can see it. I'll, I'll attach it. And I shall also put it on the Facebook uh, page. Um, it has an asterisk, which represents a clap of the hands. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to try and get it right. So hopefully I will. You'll know when I won't. I'll try not to swear. Right. So, the blue... Oh, hang on a second. Clapping game. The blue knight was on the hill. And my mind was working strangely. After a day of games. And then and then pouring out some red wine and watching as the moon took its high position above the house seeming like a stamp of something like a happiness I reached the point where the clapping stopped And quiet in the house, night in the garden, I was free to play that different game. Up late with the world, my small life leapt. I rolled its dice across the writing desk. So, um, this gives you a example, an example of just how exciting and interesting poetry can be. It doesn't always have to follow the same way. And then once you you have to kind of go back and do it. So then you have the childlike qualities of doing the clapping. And then after you've done that, then you think, oh, I wonder what the words are that you've taken out. Um, and then I like the 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 stanza at the end because um, I think it has quite a lot of pathos um, and emotion. 
uh, and meaning. So quiet in the house, night in that garden, I was free to play that different game. And I rolled its dice across the writing desk. I like that, I think it's clever. Do you know what I mean? I think it's clever. So anyway, I will make sure that there's a copy so that you can actually see it out, um, up, um, and yeah, you can read it out loud to yourself. Okay, my lovelies, I hope you're okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Send me anything that you discover that you think, oh, Miss B would like that, okay? Um, learning all the time, I'm learning all the time. So anything new and interesting I'm up for so good um good okay uh right so stay in apart from when you're going out through your constitutionals stay well um wear your masks and I'm gonna cough <coughs> corona and um stay gorgeous all right my lovelies you can get in touch with me on uh karen.vanderhoven at turnerschools.com all right uh i will speak to you tomorrow and we'll be on 1 30 all right then take care bye bye